This is Tully Dio and Madman Matt sitting next to me per huge. And we are the hosts of the Tully Dio Show. I thought I was always a good wingman. I wake up when uh, my eyes open. Because you know rock and roll stays up late. It's like if you're drinking the big beers, then I think there should be a certain level of cheer that you get from that. So like Walt's drinking the big beers, you should feel more cheerful. Unless you're a sad drunk and no one likes that. Yeah, no one wants that. Los Angeles, we're pumping it out to the people, you know? It's the hot stuff. This is where, this place is boiling with, with, you know what I mean? Everybody wants something new in LA. And it is time for some new rock and roll. It is so time. Homer Simpson's up there. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got a deal on that Homer. So when I moved here, I went to that. Uh, it was right by where I used to live, that West Lakes Mall. Oh, yeah. what it was called? Uh, in, like it's in Santa Monica area. Westfield. Or maybe Westfield. Galleria. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they were closing the, uh, the Spencer's Gifts. And I'm walking around there and I'm like, oh, I need some stuff for my new apartment. And I'm like, huh, Spencer's Gifts is closing. They all got some weird shit. And I got like a super, a metal Superman garbage can and that Homer Simpson. And it was all like, you know, like 60% off or 80% <laughs> off. It was ridiculous. I, I was like, this is, I had to get myself a Homer. You know, if you're going to get something like that, might as well be a clock. It's a clock, right? It is. And yeah, it has, cool. and it has, uh, um, when it, when it, it's Homer's voice. When the alarm goes off. Wow. That could so it's get, like, you know, time to wake up, time to get the donuts or something like that. I mean, that's you do. Eat he them in talks, the though. He talks. Because here's the thing. I'm not a morning person. I no, don't function neither. well in the fucking morning. No, I don't either. I got it. I just don't. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's a surprise. I think people could have guessed we're not morning people <laughs> crack a fucking dawn. Um, how are you supposed to go to rock shows at the crack of fucking dawn? No rock band plays in the morning. I mean, the only guy who did it was Jimmy, but that was, you know, historically not popular. No, no one was watching. Well, it. that was because he's on acid. But so I try to find ways that like when I wake up in the morning, I'm not pissed. So I if Homer alarm clock. Can't get angry when you're listening to Homer Simpson right when you wake up. That's time true. To, you know, time to get the donut. His voice. Like, I, you just start, you're automatically in a good mood. Yeah. Now, if it was his wife, Marge. Like, that would be grating. That would be grating. Yeah. That'd be very grating. But this is, this works. It worked for me. And now I use music. Oh, cool. As my. I, I think, do that too. Yeah. I think I have. Uh, you go. Hi, audio Alexa. slave. Oh, cool. Coaches. Oh, wow. <laughs> to wake up to. That's cool. For some reason, it always picks uh, Purple Rain. Oh, that would just make me want to nap more. Though. I know. It's, and it's and contemplate cool. right. a little bit. It always know? picks Purple. I'm like, Alexa, set alarm to uh, Prince. And what? A 6 a.m. I wonder if that movie holds up. Who should watch it? Live stream. Watch it. I thought it was so cool. It's still, yeah, right? The time's in it. Morris Day in the fucking time doing the bird. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Yeah, there it is. Girl, I want to know oh, you. Yeah, no, that's Jungle Love. Jungle Love. Which is even a better song than the bird. Yeah, right. I remember the bird too. Right? Nailed yeah. it. All Prince. All Prince is fantastic. You know, if there's everybody, anybody who's ever named the right 
name Prince. Prince was a prince of rock and roll. Yeah, you really he was royalty yeah. like a motherfucker. He more purple. He got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a. But he actually lived up to the name. He looks like a prince. You're right. And like, I, he's that good. Where you'd be like, oh, all right, let's let's put the rock and roll in a, a tree. Like, okay, there's the king of rock and roll, the queen of rock and roll. He he's the prince of rock and roll. Absolutely, could be the prince of rock and roll. I don't know who the king is. Michael, Shimon, and <laughs> he'd have to be a prince too, though. I don't know. He's not hard enough. You know, like it has fame, to be someone true. like Prince. That's true. But uh, like, almost it, 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 it. I don't know. We'll have to think about it. That's hard. Yeah, you know, you know, they almost there was a, a conspiracy theory why they didn't do a song together. I, I still why? have. I don't even know. I, I forgot. Oh, we I should forgot. look it up. We should look it up. We'll we'll do it later. TTDS episode three twenty seven. It's five twenty seven. Double twenty sevens, dude. Holy shit! There's a lot of twenty sevens. Yeah, I'm gonna go get a lottery ticket. I'm Tully Dio. Madman. This is the set list. It's fantastic. Five brand new tracks and then five from previous shows that are also new because we play new music. So they're all really new. Against the Sun, Back to Ruin and Ventress Spirit of the Chosen right now. Uh, the Tolly Dio Show.
to say to follow on I wish I could have saved you from the spawn The days are rather cold and rather long I still can't even process the charm Ventress, Spirit of the Chosen. What? We're back, man. I know. Back we from came, what? The we break? Just, we just came back. Back to Rio. <laughs> Against the Sun. Back to Ruin. That's uh, what I was trying. Oh, so that's what you were doing? I got gotcha. you. You know what I mean? Back to, who did that one? Back to Who did that? I don't know. I just watched Kid and Play. The House Party movie. And That's I think it was in it. It, it might have been. It might've Those been. things had phenomenal soundtracks. Ah, uh, yeah. Weird movie. Weird movie. You can't go wrong with Martin. Did it hold up? No. Not it's awful. But it was enjoyable. Yes, they've captured they captured South Central Los Angeles in the, more the, of a light. Was that like the late eighties? That one. Yeah. That so like their clothes are amazing fucking ridiculously amazing super baggy and outrageously colorful yeah they're all sober and they're all dancing really hard i watched this uh yeah oh the dance moves are amazing though yeah that that it got that'll get you and the music was good those weren't solid movies ever i don't think no no they weren't man they were always about that and they have like the comedy is like it is Adam off. Sandler. Yeah, it's uh, it's off color too. It's like really even for their own like your own. But culture. that remember now that was years ago, That's dude. True. That was like thirty years ago. Yeah, literally. So like, geez, thirty years. 
Lots changed. You know? Yeah. Jack Mystery, Thieves and Liars, Testarossa, featuring Steven Adler. Welcome to the show right now. Yes. Those Steven Adler? <laughs> yeah, dude. That I'm the drummer of Guns N' Roses, Adler? Listen, we're getting some heat. Steve! We're getting some heat. Yeah. We're getting some tracks sent to us that got some, just some, they're just magnesium. She's Louise. Uh, magnesium strip. Magnesium strip. Magne- magnesium fireballs. Yeah. Burn Huge up. magnesium fireballs. He's blown up James Hetfield. He's still yeah. alive. He's still alive. Don't worry. He can take it. He, he just it. says, he yeah. He's Yowch! like black lightning. He yep. just goes like, yeah. And then it shatters it. <laughs> it's fucking epic, man. You try playing Brazil. Fuck that. It's a lot of people. Fuck that. I'm not doing it. You got it. Yeah. Over all of their screaming. Fucking people in San Paulo fucking Brazil. But you got to yell. You got to, yeah. Louder than them cheering. That's, that's like a Zeus scream. If that's what I'm saying. Like, it. I think he, he worked with a trainer, no doubt about it. Definitely. Testarossa, Jack Mystery right now.
just asking too much. <laughs> Testarossa featuring Steven Adler. Wow. Welcome to the show. 
Jack Mystery Thieves and Liars. And it's, we're up to Big Jim's Wild Card. We got The Reed Effect with Trampled Under. Check it out. At, the song is just smoke. It's so good. Pure smoke. It's just good. It's got sick beat and it's just good times. Check it out. Big Jim's Wild Card. It's like I said, it's a little, it's off from what we usually play in the best way possible. Always throw something sick. Off the and Big Jim's, yes, in Big Jim's wild card. <laughs> the Reed Effect trampled under right now, episode two or three twenty-seven. Damn two, man, two. That was years ago. Literally two years ago. Oh yeah, probably around there. <laughs>
Big Jim's wild card, the read effect with trampled under. We got blind perception erased by time. Wow. The pinpricks bait and the metal birds, just so you know. Check out that little triple thing. Just the metal birds alone holds uh holds some fucking oomph. You got a different, you got cool. a little, you got a little something. You got some, you got some more uh trippy rock. Yeah. Then you got yourself some more punk rock. Then you got yourself some more metal rock. Got some ham, bacon, and sausage right there of rock and roll. Eat it up. Enjoy the heart. Probably all pork. Enjoy the heart. Enjoy your heart. <laughs>
just so you know, the pinpricks bait and blind perception erased by time. We're at the end of the set list. Man, I was quick. I know. I know. I know. As long you know, the music, the music comes first. Yeah. The sick new tracks. Very sick. Yeah. I just can't wait to dive into it. I'm going to have to do a show. We'll have to do a show of like play the show with people listening to the show with us and answer questions live. I like maybe, that idea. Maybe that's the new, maybe that's a new thing. Truce, Ghost, Swamp Rat Collective, AKA Roller Girl, right now, the end of your set list for uh, episode 327. Calling out, someone lead me to a crowd.
collective aka roller girl truce ghost and that is the end of the set list we'll be back after this commercial break don't skip them watch them the commercials yeah we're in them we're in them we're pretty cool it makes it worth it just a continuation of the show really yeah no point in tuning out drinking water drinking whiskey wearing hats yeah seriously it's pretty fucking rad like all the stuff you want it you want these products they're fun hats booze and hydration yeah that really is a it pretty much sums us up it's pretty fantastic so you got yourself a nice new hat and you're sipping some whiskey getting just a little shit that's right or just uh just judging them you know, yeah, just not even getting drunk. No, you're probably gonna get drunk. Just talk, so you yeah. got your new hat on, you're getting drunk, and then you're like, Oh, I drank a little too much whiskey, water, water, and a nap. Yep, Jackson Springs. You go lids ha- or lids, uh, 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 brims, brims right. hat, and then I'm actually looking at my hat, brims hat, <laughs> and then you go, uh, blind barrels whiskey tasting, yeah. And then you parlay that into some Jackson Springs water. And then you're good. We got your whole night wrapped up. That's right. All we need now is like a burger place. You, you could know? actually get a, you could get a hat from Blind Barrels, the one that the sweet hats that they do, then send it to Brim's and have them put a bottle of water on one side and a whiskey on the other. That's fucking your custom hat. You're welcome. That's what I came up with right there. This guy I incorporated them all together. Do you hear that? Yeah, because that's it's glue. We all, you know. Yeah. Did you, did you say you're stiffing glue? I'm I, stiffing I glue. 
I sniff glue before every show. It's Elmer's though, so you don't need to worry about it. Yo, rock and roll, dude. What do you got there, man? You got some fucking, what do you got? I got some Jackson Springs water. Okay. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, for hangovers. So wait, what are you talking about? You can drink this after you're hungover. It'll help make it go away. It are, hydrates you. Are you fucking kidding me? No, it's a science fact. What? Science factual. Check it out. It Look helps it you? Look it up, yeah. So it helps you drink more booze. Yeah, it's a cure for hangovers. Water. Water. Check it out. Jackson Springs. It's the best. Hey, dude, where's my Brims hat? I really like their hats. Yeah, me too. Sure you haven't seen it? All right, cool. Thanks, bro. Hey, dude. What's up, brother? Tell he speaks. He's speaking, this guy. You talk. You're talking. Not You're not talking. You're speaking. I'm speaking. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't know. This one is just kind of, it's got a smaller audience. Yeah. It's more of a niche. Tell he speaks, which I usually don't do, but I'm very, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to know what you think about it. <laughs> so we've been wrestling fans our whole lives. Yeah. And up till now, like still are. And two of the wrestlers who we both really like, both of them, uh, Sasha Banks and uh, Naomi, um, they walked. They walked. They had a, a gig. Because yeah. it relates to musicians, too. It's that's an, true. It's an entertainer one. Yeah. And that's where this is what I'm getting at the entertainer part. But like they basically had to be on stage and they were in the show <clears throat> and they walked because they didn't feel as if they were being treated with enough respect yeah. or getting enough respect. I don't know any part of that. I Lame, just can't believe they did that. Layman's terms is that they had, there was two employees of Vince McMahon's yeah. organization, WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They left before they were supposed to go on television. Yeah. They left the arena. They left. They bailed on the show. They bailed on TV. And not like the day before. Yeah. No, they were there. Yeah. They're, they're on the, they're in the premise on the premises in the arena waiting for TV time. And they left. I think it's bad form. I think it's the conspiracy theory. Oh, you think that they might be working everybody? Uh, No, I, I think it's a, I think they actually did leave, but they did leave a week prior. I've been hearing weird reports that, no, that's not true from people from the inside. So, for for example, it's like if Guns N' Roses, like you're right, it does, you know, entail. Absolutely, because it's a performer thing. It relates to theater, too. Exactly. Imagine you're doing improv and fucking Jimmy Katz or fucking, uh, you know, Roddy Dangerfield didn't go on stage. Seriously. Or, or you're fucking shooting a show 
and everybody's standing, waiting to go on to shoot their scene. And one person just turns around and leaves. Yeah. Pam Greer <laughs> just is like, no, honey, I'm out. And then she just bounces. Bye. You know, bye. Or, you know, Jim Krasinski on The Office didn't fucking. Right. Just like, I'm putting my. So you literally put the titles and they're the champions of the world. I think no the matter. Women's yes, champions. they were the women's world champions. World champions. So I, in my opinion of it, I think no matter what, you finish your day with work. That's right. And then you bail. Then you leave. And you can drop the titles. You can do it however you want. Yeah. But to walk out and I, it's hard for me because I have a temper. Right? You know, like I get a little hot headed sometimes. I could see me doing something like that. But I'd check myself and sure. not do it because I've learned that I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll just walk out and that never turns out well. No, it doesn't. This is going to turn out terribly for everyone. Sasha isn't going to be as affected as much because she pretty much kind of has a Disney career going right now. She, yeah, she's a part of the Mandalorian. And cool. Yeah, she's... she's like, got- it's not like some little goofy... It's like Batista is to, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, what Sasha is to the Mandalorian. That's right. So, like, it's significant. Naomi, she I feel bad for. <laughs> But Naomi's a fucking she's wrestler, an, man. She's an Uzo, too. She's yes. a part of the uh, Samoan dynasty. Married in, but also... But still. Doesn't matter. She's still... like the, You are part of the dynasty. If you're married in, you're that for life. Yes. You're right or die. Doesn't matter. Right. She's married to Jay Uzo. Right. Which is also a tag team, a double... Uh, no, just, the undisputed tag yeah. team champions of the entire world. Right. So, so it's probably not going to work out well for her. I just think that, you know, they should have just cooled it a little bit. I'm not saying they shouldn't have left, you know, because I'm sure they have a legitimate gripe. It's the famous take your ball home, uh, take your ball and go home thing. Steve, Steve Austin did it back in 2003. Yep. And it was right. No, 2002. Excuse me. He was, he was gonna, he was gonna sell. No, sorry. What do you call that? Work. Yeah, he was going to go under for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. They wanted yeah, yeah, him yeah. to do it. And he said no, and he left. He, he wouldn't left work for his yeah. ranch. He broke the skull ranch. Yep. yep. So I understand. See, I get that, though. He got yeah. pissed. He didn't want to do it. But to just leave, yeah, they should have come up with something in creative. It wasn't good. There's always a solution. You just got to chill out for a minute. And I'm, this is, I mean, I have a hard time doing it. But you have to because it never turns out well if you don't. You know, and this is a famous example, 1991 Montreal, Metallica. And we're just we mentioned it today on this show. James Hetfield lighting up on a magnesium fucking explosion. Yeah. He stepped over pyro, got lit on fire. Yeah. Well, Axl Rose took it to himself, took it upon himself, excuse me, and uh, left. He bounced. He threw. He, he was known to do this back in the nineties, early nineties. He threw down the fucking mic and got off stage. He thought he was being upstaged, so they were late to get on stage, infamously as Axl Rose used to do. But he thought because his peer, James Hetfield Metallica, was he got lit on fire like his. Well, that did upstage him. It did. He got his. He was, I remember that. Yeah. His skeleton was exposed. Yeah, he, he got was, burned hardcore. He was brutal. Yeah. So he threw throws down the mic and the whole fucking place. And we're just talking, we just talked to a Canadian today. Yeah. 
peaceful, beautiful people. Yeah. Not if you don't play Axl Rose. They fucking rioted. Yeah, because that's one of the things that makes Canadians happy is their live music. And wrestling. And wrestling. You don't leave your posts. So, even though I do completely believe that they have a reason that they left and that it's legit and and it should be addressed and taken care of. I think by walking out, they kind of jeopardized that whole thing and they made themselves both look bad as professional wrestlers. You don't ever leave. Got to stay professional. Yeah, you can't. You got to check the emotions. Just wait, finish your job, go out your car, punch the fuck out of the steering wheel, crank up music, go to your hotel, get drunk, get stoned. I don't fucking know. Just yep. check yourself before you do it. It's the, uh, you know, don't don't hit send. Same thing. Yep. It's just real that. life. We've all done that. Yeah. Don't hit send. Yeah. You know, That's that coach. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. He's fucking amazing. Arizona uh, college f- football, the Arizona, whatever. He's the coach. But that was one of the things he used to tell young players. Don't push send because you'll. You're going to regret it. Check your temper. Check yeah. yourself. You have to check yourself. You're going to sit there and rot away thinking, man, I shouldn't have done that. Everyone has done that. And that always feels worse than calming yourself down. Always. Because you, yeah. It never turns out better the other way. You you can't convince me. Biggest draw in the history of professional wrestling, Stone Cold Steve Austin, 316. You know what he had to do when he came back a year later? He had to go and shake everyone's hand and guarantee because everyone lost money that night. Yep. Everyone lost 500 to to five grand because of him leaving. Yep. You put a dent in people's moneymaker, you know, it's disrespectful. You don't do that. Do not do it. Don't check yourself. Check yourself. We're just speaking about it. Yeah. Little Tully speaks. Little rock and roll, little wrestling. Yeah. There you go. Roman is with us. Roman. Hey, how you doing, my man? Good, good. You're uh, you're driving. So the people know you're uh, Yeah, you're I'm not driving, but uh, I'm the passenger. But uh, ah. my friend's taking me home. I ran into him uh, out on the street and uh, he's like, uh, whatever. Like, you know, we just just happened that way. And so we're, we're hanging out a bit and he's driving me home. I live about a 35 minute trek away or whatever on highway. So oh, we're this still is great. This is great. This is great. It's uh, wait, you were so you were just out walking and you and you saw him and he gave yeah, you a ride I was home. Going to the bus and uh, uh, he, he noticed me. I was in a mask and uh, I kind of, kind of, I don't know. I find these days I'm not necessarily looking up when I'm walking. These days I look to the ground. Now here's hey, I looked on. Holy fuck, <laughs> man! Like I try calling. It's hard to get a hold of me. It works crazy hours. So yeah, it's good. It's all. It's all good. Hell yeah, it is. That's like great timing. That's like <laughs> yeah, serendipity, man. It works out for me a lot. That's Whenever beautiful. I like visit LA, that kind of thing happens all the time. I got weird stories about that. Oh, yeah. So, Roman, you're a photographer. You do writing. You do it. You're an artist. Yeah, although I haven't been doing any fine art stuff for a while. There's a painting I want to do. Uh, uh, just uh, I need I need to clear the space. I'm living in shared accommodations. So I want to kill everybody with the uh smell of uh turpentine but uh right a uh, little bit of art photos still uh, i need to get another camera but uh um yeah i'm writing more than anything yeah 
like uh, on my own Instagram or like uh, uh, for a couple of magazines now, which I've maybe got something about three times a, a year. And it, they're in print too, which is, I find justification of being a writer if they're going to put you in print, right? And yeah. waste, kill trees. Absolutely. <laughs> it's got to be that marriage of art and destruction. <laughs> so what are the art like what type of articles are you writing right now uh well i've been writing since uh 99 or 2000 for tape op magazine which is uh like tape op tape operator uh and it's dubbed the creative music recording magazine and i don't know when as of when but uh they became the biggest circulated you know thing on that topic on recording uh in the world now you can subscribe for pdfs for free online and i think you for if you're in the States for a year, you can get uh, like, you know, it's bi-monthly. So like six issues sent to you for free or whatever. So I've been doing interviews with producers, engineers. Uh, I just did one with uh, this guy, Nico Bolas, um, who uh, has definitely been around for ages. Uh, and he's an amazing guy, amazing type of philosopher. And that's the thing we kind of like, the thing about tape hop is not just talk. It's not like a an article about, say, a producer, but... It's sponsored by like, you know, like like gear, a certain type of re equipment, and then gotcha. they kind of sneak that in all the time. It's this sure. more like so. There's shop talk. There is some, but uh, it's more like you know how to get say a band going in the studio, how to you know kind of create inspiration and how to open doors for creativity and stuff. So um, oh, yeah, that's I, interesting. I don't know when it'll be out. Uh, they're backlogged and stuff, but. Uh, um, I got some Wick photos for it too. From from leading to, I had just had an article come out, my second for Canadian Cinematographer magazine. Ooh. So that's like in short CSC. It's Canadian Society of Cinematographers, and in the states, their big one is the ASC. So if you ever watch a movie and you see somebody's like like a you know cinematography or director of photography, uh, Joe Schmo, uh, ASC. They're like a clubhouse. You got you to you like be really good and have worked consistently and done good work for a while and get sponsored in there. And it's things to mentor people uh, coming up the, you know, the ranks and uh, yeah, you know, shop talk, whatever else. But um, so it's the Canadian version. So uh, actually, then when I got a hold of that Nico guy through the guy I interviewed, who you should probably interview, he's uh He's like a one-man like camera machine. Uh, although now he's he just got into the CSC. He wants to, uh, you know, do some uh, hook up with people and learn, you know, operating on the big cameras on features and stuff. But his name is Adam C.K. Volick, and uh, he's been Neil Young's cameraman since 2010. So anytime oh. Neil Young does like, there's a couple documentaries, Mountaintop and Barn, like they're the making of his records. Uh, yeah, so I interviewed him for this thing, and it's in the uh, June. The, no, sorry, the May issue. So CSC Mag, I don't know, just type in CSC Mag uh, dot whatever. I don't know what the link is. But, yeah, seriously, but, uh, whatever. Yeah. You'll find it if you Google. And then, like I said, I was little reviews, and I'm up late at night, the odd time on, like, you know, when I get a Blu-ray in, I, like, talk about the tech stuff and then maybe about the movie a bit and stuff. Yeah, I've been a movie fiend since I was a little kid, so. Oh, me too. That's what I was going to ask you, like, uh, what movie of a newer movie did you really dig the cinematography in? And I'm just, I was just thinking, cause I was talking to a friend of oh, mine. Jesus. About uh, I, uh, you know what? I'm going to throw an, a weird one out there. 
because I remember when it came out in theaters, I fell asleep all the time. I mean, I was like six years old, but I downloaded because I wanted to see what the hoopla was because they said it, they kind of uh, redid some effects and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I can quote a Martin Scorsese movie or, or whatever, but let's just have a kind of a, a weird one. Yeah. Star Trek, the motion picture, the directors, it's out, it's out on. Oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. But it's amazing. The uh, the like on the, the scenes on the bridge, like where it's dark and like, you know, they're just kind of strangely lit from above inside, just, you know, and, and it's like dark, whereas whereas all the other series in that, they kind of light them like a comedy where the whole bridge is all well lit, yep. well lit. So anybody can improvise and move around and there's not going to be shadows cast and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I know a, a good handful of like really good cinematographers, uh, mostly in the States. Uh, I lived down there for a bit and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to see that movie. Like just, I, I was surprised how it looked and I know that it was uh, directed by um, Jesus. I forget his name. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't remember whatever the director was. He was an editor, like even going back into the to the forties for like Orson Welles stuff. So I guess you know he knew his stuff. And the director of photography was Richard Klein, K L I N E. But I was just amazed at how it looked. Like, yeah, like yeah. But I mean, I, I could quote you know tons of others. Like, I'm not going to say Citizen Kane or something, but you know, I'll say like, that was. Of, taxi driver or something oh. you know with the gritty you know uh open shutter effects and like the reflections of the rain on the ground and stuff yeah. like that so, yeah, yeah i'm really into photography it's something i i you know what was like in, in a film school thing which i didn't finish years ago and i was like i ended up being really good on the 16 millimeter and a lot of the other students for their next little you know three to five minute project wanted me to do it and the teacher said no because almost everybody wanted me to shoot their thing, but I could only shoot one, whatever. So, kind of got a big, big thing about that. Uh, That's I can't a good remember. Thing. I, I mentioned it to a, a pretty big, a really big cinematographer. This guy Daniel Pearl. You look it up, Daniel Pearl DP. Uh, he's his first thing he ever did. He was like twenty three. Was the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, and uh, he's done a million videos, like a million videos. If you see his thing, like he's done, you know, whatever else through the eighties and that. And uh, he he quoted me. I, I mentioned something like that. What I, that dilemma I mentioned to you, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, it's another bad thing about like film schools is that they blah blah blah." I don't remember what it was, but yeah. I thought it was, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I didn't even understand. I always thought that it was the director that yeah. like, and I, then I was like, oh, the cinematographer is the one who's setting that. Yeah. Well, that the, vision. Yeah. The one kind of, uh, well, there's a thing. I remember learning this from my friend, Tom Richmond, who shot like Killing Zoe and uh, oh. really great sleeper indie hit. I think it's bloody amazing and amazing still might amazing. be on netflix uh um uh little odessa if you check that one out that's from like 1995 or 1994 anyways uh where I, what i was gonna get at uh um <laughs> Um, we're all in it. That's because we're just getting it. We're getting into the cinematography. It's exciting. Right. Oh yeah. So yeah. Anyways, uh, um, they're Daniel Pearl. Da 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 da. And yeah, I just regret not getting into it. Uh, 
you know, formally, like rising up the ranks. Like my friend said, a a cinematographer does not, an assistant cinematographer, an AC as they call them, you know, even though they're like doing the clapboards and all this kind of stuff, helping set it up. He says they really don't become cinematographers because they're too busy doing shit to pay attention to what's going on. And they're not usually allowed to look through the viewfinder, but, um, uh, that, uh, the best is someone who's a gaffer, which is like the head lighting guy. And under him is his team of whatever, because he's paying attention. The cinematographer knows, you know, can hear what's well, if people, some people still shoot film right. or whatever, they know, like they can, you know, they know the settings they they can see, you know, and they're s- setting up the actual light, you know, but, um, I did remember what I was going to get at, but I forget it. <laughs> even if, even if you could come back to it, it doesn't oh, matter. It is, yeah, no, no. The thing is, I always thought that too, growing up that I didn't yeah. know that there was a cinematographer and stuff, even though I've seen so many credits, but I, like I always believed, like when I was screwing around with a video camera, we'd rent one for the weekend. Where I'm like, you know, ten years old. Like I always thought the director is the guy who's operating the camera. Now, yeah, like my friend Tom Richmond told me back in the day, uh, he goes, uh, you know, he likes to operate, but union people get pissed off about that because they want another person hired as the operator. But uh, all any of the big big wigs, and there's very few left you know, that operate, at least not old school people that operate themselves, even though they have a director of photography, of course, that, you know, likes to see, and I believe it, like, so you see the, you're getting the energy of the scene through the thing, and you might as well be the director, because if you move it a quarter of a millimeter, like, you know, that's a, it's, it's even a psychological choice. Yeah. And, uh, uh, like Ridley Scott operates his own stuff and, you know, they won't bug him. Like he might have somebody help operate here and there, but he's got like five cameras sometimes going on at once. But yeah, there are some who can get away with uh, whatever. Um, Interesting to note, um, Paul Thomas Anderson. uh, Yeah. I guess I'm pretty sure I did see the credits for, I I watched uh, Licorice Pizza, but um, his previous one too with Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. He's, he actually was like the director of photography. He had like a help of a lighting guy, but he'd seen it done so much that he did. He pretty much, well, like call the shots. Of course he calls the shots, but you know, does, does, does the, uh, pretty much has a say in the lighting, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I always believe that you might as well, the director be doing stuff, operating, unless there's operating when you got like two cameras going from different angles, and you physically can't do it, whatever. Yeah. I dig it. So that actually kind of goes back to my friend, Adam. Um, he uh, operates on his own. Like he's done like some features. They did a thing ca- called paradox that Daryl Hannah directed and uh, Neil Young's in it. And uh, you know, he shot that totally all on his own. No crew, no crew. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. That's able to yeah, be done so now. I just I to... get into that man, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. It's come that far. Like it's come that far now where like you can just do it by yourself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly How did it. Look? What's that? How did it look? Did you see it? Did, did I see what? Sorry. Uh, your friend's film with Daryl Hannah directed it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on uh, Netflix. It's called Paradox. I mean, it's a lot of natural light and stuff, but uh, it passes as like, you know, like, I guess you must, 
I never asked him in detail, but if he used any kind of at least light reflectors or something, but probably minimally, but he just knows how to, when it's the right time of day and everything. I see. Okay? Like the right and the time to do whatever kind of shots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. Cool. So I did that article with him. It's called chasing the light, uh, CSC magazine. And, uh, you get to somewhere, I think you go on merchandise or something and then, there's, it's it's weird. It's like it's they list the other issues that you can download up to March, but you got to get get on one page. It'll show, yeah, like a merchandise. And then you click on it's an orange cover, and whatever. It's like page thirty or forty two or something. But it's, we, I had a small word count, but uh, yeah, that's the issue with doing these things. Hey, eh? like you get, I, I when I interview someone, like I I only up until recently, like past few years of actually and uh, I always figure that the people that I'm interviewing uh, I tell them it's really their thing so think about what you want to say right and I will you know what I mean get there and oh, yeah. um, so back in the day I used to wing it when I read some of the old stuff on tape op like there's an article actually I was looking at today uh, so if you type in tape op Bro, so cool, S-O-K-L, very fast. You know, I did that after a gig. Uh, he was a famous synth guy, uh, and he was in Peter Gabriel's first band, touring band or whatever. Oh, wow. So uh, I breathe that, and I go, holy fuck, I wing that after a gig. And, like, the questions, how everything I came up with, like, I think I went a little brain dead in between, eh? <laughs> or I just get older or whatever. I'm not, like, thinking as, as, as kind of deep and weird, you know, as I used to, you know? But, but yeah, I, that's what I do is I, I get them to talk whatever. And then it's always a word count problem. It's like, okay, well, 4,000 words. And then if it's in question and answer, I, I like, I might have 10,000 and I'm so atta- attached to the, uh, to the material that it's hard to edit. So when I did that Adam thing, I talked to him for like just about two hours. It was like over a hundred thousand words and then I had to do eighteen hundred words. And, oh. and you know what, man? It was the first time like I'm like, I don't even know what or I really don't know how to like even paraphrase some of the stuff. Everything he said is amazing. And uh, you know, it had to be eighteen hundred words or whatever, but the editor oh, that's helped. not enough. <laughs> that's just not so enough. With uh, I was quick to apologize. Sorry to make it work, but here's 5,000. I, I, this <laughs> stuff's too good for me, you know? <laughs> How much did they leave? Did they leave any more? But photography? Uh, uh, no, it was a, it was about 1,800 words or whatever. Um, I didn't find, do a pop and paste like word count, but yeah, because they got to show his images and stuff too. Uh, and uh, But yeah, back to photography. Uh, yeah. I mean, I screw around a little bit on my phone here and there, but um, you know, I post the odd little just random image on, on like Instagram, but uh, I uh, I used to be a really happy photographer, music photographer, uh, and not like to pat my back or whatever, but I was pretty known. Uh, I got, you know, I was living in Hamilton and uh, always going to Toronto. There'd be some Hamilton shows. It's, you know, it's a music city, but uh, I would uh, uh, get a lot of photo passes for shows, you know, first three songs, lights, Lights are supposed to be, you know, like down and you're in the front of the stage between the, the fans and, uh, you know, the stage. And uh, cool. in theory, they're supposed to lower 
or sorry, they're supposed to make the lights brighter so you can shoot without a flash. Now, you know, there's, I've got some, I got to make a site. I got to sort through. It's all out of order in boxes, envelopes, not matching with negatives, all film too. Cause I stopped, oh. I stopped in about 2005. I had some stuff going on and, uh, yeah, I used to shoot shows for this the Canada's biggest free music magazine. You know, it's a tabloid kind of newsprint big called Exclaim with an exclamation mark. And uh, yeah, I used to mainly do stuff for them. And even if they weren't going to print it or whatever, like, a, you know, I do a review and I used to write for them, do lots of reviews. Um, uh, and the odd story, actually, my first thing ever for them, they liked me so much, my reviews that they wanted me to do interview tool when lateralis came out unless i know a guy that's produced them uh, a couple about three of their albums david botrell and he's from the area i'm from and uh and then you know it was a weird hush hush thing like i had to go to the record label and they played like two and a half songs for me kind of thing like you know and they they didn't want to send out promos not the day of i got i got the cd but anyways it was my first kind of thing about learning about that business was the fucking pardon my french the uh the it was zamba records at the time and uh which was like what britney spears was on and stuff and uh uh what happened was the guy pulled a thing going well if it's not going to be a cover story like is you know we'll let roman talk to so-and-so and so-and-so if you you know say it's a cover story or whatever and, uh, uh, you know, the editors like screw that, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's usually for reserved for like advertising, whoever does the most advertising, stuff like that. But I did a feature and it was called a timeline feature and it's online. And I talked to the, ed- the old editor some months ago and stuff. He's like, yeah, you know, that's classic and it's not bad, you know, but, uh, in my efforts, but. I did interview Danny Carey for a bit and I got that through like David Bottrell or whatever, the drummer who I, you know, I think is pretty much my favorite drummer Yeah. Uh, after Neil Peart uh, passing away. But Peart, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So Rush. yeah, I interviewed some people, uh, you know, I did a, and I used to, there's a, a big, real big indie record label from Hamilton called uh, Sonic Onion. Now they've moved a little more now towards uh, a lot doing live events and stuff like that. But uh, they have the odd artist. Danko Jones's new album is on there. Um, and uh, whenever they, and they, at one point, like like 20 years ago, were pumping out like a lot of local band CDs. And it was quite often that I got to do the press photos, which was fun. Always oh, I fun. Bet. I, I charged next to nothing for it. And, uh, you know, like just having a good time, just make sure I get, you know, get me into the show with some buddies, buy me a couple of beers, give me a couple of hundred bucks and, uh, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Pick up I pick you up. And my style was, you know, I never just did like studio shots. I was always like, just, let's just drive around and find a cool, like, I don't know if there's like a field that's, you know, playing with like this fucked up tree in it. Let's go there or something. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. So I miss doing that. Yeah. I totally like got out of the whole thing for quite some years and then just became like the kind of disconnected from the scene and plus the things things became different anyway sure. you know like for example that label not really pumping out you know like discs anymore as much and uh you know they used to be a distributor like they would distribute epitaph up in canada stuff like that oh. but and then i did some just from word of mouth just some you know real small beginner bands and 
wanted something and yeah you know in the states a big pro would charge probably 1200 bucks for like a series of promo you know i charge like a couple of hundred bucks and like i said some some freebies a couple of ales you know pints whatever now i think differently but i did get published too a couple of times i was in american uh songwriter magazine and i kind of flaked out on that but i did a couple things for them um and i did once get into guitar player magazine i was bugging them bugging them all the time on the email not well not not incessantly but uh you know enough to say hey man like i do like a lot of you know big stuff and like there might be something you need yeah so the guy finally writes back he's like oh okay all right uh i'll put you on the mailing list and uh what we need is uh as 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 recent as possible shots of uh uh, Doyle Bramhall too, who I really like. Actually, I don't listen to him much. He's got a great album produced by Wendy and Lisa, who are from France, and it's blues. He used to be in. Uh, oh God, I forget the name of that band. Anyways, Archangels, oh. whatever. And anyways, I go. You want recent? How about from last night? So uh, I sent I sent him these photos, and the one he chose was I did a he did a uh, uh, a. It was like North by Northeast Festival, I think it was, or Canadian Music Week, one of those two. Yeah. And he was already in town opening for Clapton. And I guess they had a couple of days off. So he did a secret like bar show at a famous place called The Horseshoe in Toronto. And I, I uh, was right up front. Actually, my, my film was way too strong for uh, I didn't pull. I didn't know anybody who could pull process back then, but um, had a lot of blown out photos. But I took a snapshot of the dirty floor with his pedal board and a close-up and i sent that and like back in 2001 the guy goes oh, oh yeah well uh, that'll be uh we'll pay you we, we have to cut it down but uh our price our fees but uh seven hundred dollars and i went <laughs> you know because canada media doesn't pay anything like the states does man. <laughs> like, they, takes care of people they they pay for for like you know expenses and stuff like that yeah. and over here like I, you know, for the the biggest music magazine, I did a you know a cover photo, hundred, I get one hundred fifty bucks. Well, what about my gas to Toronto, right? Uh, parking, you know, all that. But oh, it's exposure. Well, I go, man, I already got enough exposure. I got I'm coming out of a bar wasted. And I got <laughs> these bands giving me their fucking CDs to listen to. Hey, eh? like, you know, fuck, man, like, fuck. Hey, but anyways, man. but uh, yeah, I miss doing that. I I uh, took a couple of snapshots. I went to. Uh, a friend of mine is in King Crimson. He's got a side band called uh, Stickman, and I uh, just took a couple of photos. But I didn't. It was with my phone and stuff like that. I got to get like a DSLR. I got to reinvest and regroup, and you know, get more mobile and yep. uh, get connected with people. You got to put. Like, you got to put some of those old pictures up on your Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Too, well, you know, I'd love to my, see them. Look at my. Well, th- there are actually. Um, You'd have to scan down quite a bit. So they're from about the summer of 2018. Um, uh, so you'll see, like, there's uh, Gwen Stefani. I took a really, one of my best shots, I think, was of her. And it was a really great show, actually. I was never really into No Doubt stuff in 2001. But, man, they really knew how to put on probably. And I would say for some years, they put on the greatest show I've seen. And, you know, wow. I'm into, like, all kinds of stuff. Robin Trower. I've got Jane's addiction and stuff. Nice. Um, but if you look at my, uh, oh, and I've done some CD artwork too, for sure. But um, if you look at my, in my Facebook, 
one of the albums that'll say like concert photos and there's just like a selection of X amount, like 20 awesome. of them or whatever. But I've been meaning to like get a show going at the find like a small gallery. Oh, and, that'd be you know, great. Like get them the negatives nice and digitally scanned and cleaned up and, and whatever. And like kind of close that chapter in my life in a way, sure. you know, and have it shown and, and like, you know, kind of on the side, sell some prints, you know, and, uh, uh, whatever, like, you know, just there's someone who might've been at that show who wants, you know, a piece of memorabilia from it, whatever, but totally. Yeah. Totally. So before, before we go and thanks for talking to us, um, sorry for overindulging your honor. <laughs> you're not, not at all. That was That's all interesting. Really so it's, it's just like, it's just like what you said. It can't like you just want to listen to everything. That's why yeah. I never. That's why I don't like. I can't do 1,800 words. I can't mm-hmm. fucking do it. I gotta yeah. let you talk because it's all it's all so interesting. So where can the people go to uh, check out your stuff for now? Uh, like uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram.com slash Roman Sokol in one word: R O M A N S O K A L. I type in my my last name and exclaim uh you'll see there'll be a link of like stuff that i reviewed and did interviews for exclaim so there was stuff like i said there was tool i interviewed low uh there was a really good local band science spheric i remember that piece um uh csc magazine so you know uh canadian society of cinematographers csc space mag sokol uh yeah, I've, man, I've been meaning to, for quite a few years is to centralize and make like a site of like my photos. And not only that, but some like fine art stuff, you yeah. know, like that are usually on the last few of the, the role of film of a band that I did or something. And uh, uh, and actually, I was thinking of like my one friend suggested making it a podcast, but I was thinking of making it just text, but like interviews with like, so I'm still kind of hooked up with a lot of producers, engineers, like I don't talk to them all the time, but I, I could like drop Bob, sure. Bob Ember in the line or Daniel Lanois and say hello kind of thing. And like revisit, re-interview some of these people I've done for tape op. Cause back in the day, I brought them a lot of like big uh, people to interview just, and it was just by networking. Like, right. Like that guy from tool worked for so-and-so. Well, Hey, do you think you get me in touch? And an email doesn't hurt either. It's not like phoning somebody up or whatever. Someone right. not, it will just hit the lead, right? Right. So, like, uh, doing that and, uh, yeah, and doing interviews with, like, but, like, anything from maybe makeup people in movies to cinematographers to actors to musicians to record producers, whatever. And, like, but do really long interviews, you know? And maybe, yeah, maybe using the, just the audio or something might be better. Yeah. I mean, I know a really good transcriptionist, but yeah, but like something that's like, it's got to be a minimum of like three hours and we can talk oh, about cool. what they do and what they've done, but anything also too, like what, what they, I don't know, they like cooking, what do they like yeah. to make, like just very human kind of stuff, you know? Totally. Totally. So I just keep putting it off. I did, you know, for a couple of years, uh, register a domain name, like, you know, romansocal.com, never, just never got around to it, but I've got some like personal writings that I want to do and some I want to submit to contests uh back when i was in the old uh, adderall days from 10 years ago i came up with you know slight illusions of kind of psychiatric sci-fi stories that oh. uh you know i get i'm not used to writing prose 
for a long time. So it's pros format. So, you know, like getting around to doing that, doing a couple of those as play, whatever. And, you know, maybe send it to some of the people I know in LA if I deem it, you know, good enough to waste somebody's time. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So kind of get, send I mean, it to them. Now's the time. To be 40 freaks and everything, man, you know? So I'm, I'm aging. I, well, hey, now's we the time. Talk about beer. We didn't even talk so, about beer. So we'll have to yeah, have you on again and talk about beer. beer lately, like for the past X amount of years, uh, for no particular reason. Actually, I just, I don't like to drink alone. I just like to have a couple with somebody. And I guess yeah. maybe I wasn't hanging around with too many people. But back in the day, like when I was in high school, I used to get into this place in Hamilton called uh, Chester's Beers of the World. And they had this like menu of, and it was some of the beers that you can buy in the liquor stores, you know, the, the, the provincial sure. government liquor stores. Um, and, uh, you know, like Pilsner or Quell yeah, and, yeah. and stuff. But then they had like ones that were, you know, like imported, like specially for them that were like, say, like $50 beers and stuff. So um, I have been having a few here and there a month now. And uh you know, I like, there's just this simple, I'm not into that whole craft brew stuff. I don't know that, that kind of gimmicky kind of nah, I don't like, like the gimmicks. Blood water, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Pitches, yeah. You know? And, uh, I like, uh, there's this one, just the common go-to. Yeah. Left on there. Um, that's, uh, Oh, this Vermintorp. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go, 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 uh, right on Trafalgar. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, uh, I just like this real simple one. It used to be made in, in Hamilton and now it's made in like Kitchener, Ontario. It's called Laker, Laker, Laker ice, 5.5%. You know, you got to chill it to make it really taste kind of good. Get it. I want Laker it. ice. Laker yeah. ice. Yeah. It's, it's by no means, uh, I'm sure it's a big seller, but you know, you're not going to see ads about it and stuff like that. It's right, just a right. $2, $2 <clears throat> beer with, with, you know, the tax built into it. What um, kind of beer is it? But, like, uh, Pol- Polish ones I still get into when I, you know, I'm Polish, so 100%. So I get in, you know, go to my, I go to my folks. We have like a barbecue or something. There's one called Lech, L-E-C-H, a really good one. Then they have that famous one, uh, Okochim Pills. Mm, the pills. And, uh, you know, the typical Polacks. you know, I remember since the 80s, looking at their magazines and stuff, we're always the first in Eastern Europe. Europe to like come out with like you know like a VCR or, or you know something like that or the technology right and uh, I remember on the Okochim pills O K O C I M I believe it is um, pills is Pilsner yeah. they have this like thing it's like a logo I forget what the logo is but when when your beer is uh, within like a range of temperature whatever that you know and you see the logo and it's like a, like a hologram. It's not good to drink. Then you got to like chill it, you know? So that logo goes away, you know? Oh, that's but yeah, awesome. I like the Eastern, I like, I like the European beers. Uh, I don't know, like standard Canadian ones. Uh, you never see ads for it or anything. Bolson golden, which is, I first started drinking when I was like, yep. great. Yeah, I like Me too. Bolson golden is great. And you never see anybody like I haven't, I just, I haven't, I speak for myself. I've seen anybody with that stuff, like buying it, like, uh, and then there's like export, which isn't bad, you know, Budweiser, but, uh, yeah, the European ones I got to get back more into. And I was into red wine for a while too. 
Beer it is. We're going to end on the beer. Roman, thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you soon. When you get the photos and stuff up, we'll have you back on. Yeah, cool. And I emailed the tune to you guys. Oh, okay. Uh, We can play it now? I emailed it a few minutes. Yes, a a few minutes before uh, we we, uh, connected there. Okay, perfect. Uh, um, And it's by that band Metric. And the single just came out last week. And it's 10 minutes long, but it's really good. Awesome. Cinematic, like, because they're like an electronic pop band whatever and they're, they're pretty big they're from toronto although half of them are from the states whatever but um yeah i, I emailed it's called Doom awesome Scroll. awesome we'll put yeah, it on a video for it but i just uh stripped it from youtube or whatever right okay. just sent a 128k mp3 so yeah awesome. i think it's really good I, and i'm supposed to
BillyDioShow.com and vote for your fan fucking 50. Alright, I can see your hand. Ah, fuck it. Can you see that? Yeah, we got like four days at number 10, turn and fall. Number 9, ride it after midnight. Yours all nights. 8, you're amongst friends. You're in the middle of the pack. Lucky number 7, stolen moans. Who numb 2? Get back again, saturate. Light the match, number 6. Pinfinger at number 5 with bootlicker. Emelina at number 4 with the night we almost got sober. Number three, Carla Jules still on the list with Trouble We Are. Blackout Orchestra Tongues at number two. And number one, Post Profit Man is three times a game. Good job. That's it. That's the end of the show. That's the end of the show. Yeah. Damn it. We will be time. back. I know it was a good one. Great yeah. interview. Learned a lot. You get to, you know, you learn a lot. Interesting. I like to, I like to hear what people have to say. Yeah. I do. And I like to hear new music. And it's all right here in this show that you just listened to. And we'll be back next week with another one. Tell Dio. Yeah. Big beers and cheers, everybody. See you next week. It's me, Tully Dio. And I'd like to thank the people that make the Tully Dio show possible. First of all, me, Tully Dio. It's my show. Second of all, my partner in crime, Madman Matt. We got our executive producer, Amy Goldberg, and our associate producer, James Chabelle. The Tully Dio show. It's been like fucking a week. We missed one week. This is that would have sucked though. I think we missed two weeks. Didn't we? No, we didn't. It's just been one week. It's been one week. I feel like, it's like a seen long you time like because we years. really like to fucking do the show. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the future. It's the future.
Just strive to be consistent Champions 
Oh! 